This is a black man's perspective. Perspectives from black men. This is our perspective. Welcome to the pilot episode of The Urban Breakdown, Black Man's Perspective with Mr. Van and Mr. Blue. Today's pilot episode is Manomaniacs. Being a man during these tumultuous times, what does it take to be a man? How do we define a man? And where are the men? You know what I'm saying? Van, start them up. What is going on, people? This is Brother Van. How y'all doing? And my thoughts on being a man today is real lackluster, extremely lackluster. Because brothers and the sisters that are coming up today don't have a lot of guidance. And I don't know if it's the home, outside the home, them being influenced by others, influenced by media, I don't know what it is. But Blue, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. I don't know. I want to say the ball dropped. I want to say the ball started dropping with our generation, something our parents didn't do. I don't know exactly what it was, because I know my mama stayed in my ass. Um, And my dad, he he wasn't much of a physical disciplinarian, but he was strict. I just know when I became a parent that I... I said, I'm not going to punish. I'm not going to physically discipline my kids. I try to go to the nurturing path approach. And I remember somebody told me, mm, I can't remember how long ago now, was that when they found, when the laws changed or whatever changed, DSS got more involved, when they couldn't spank their kids or whoop their kids, we just say whoop because I'm sure they can still spank their kids. <laughs> Something that was ill-defined, they were pretty much hands-off. And when laws changed, like in North Carolina, when you could drop out if you wanted to at the age of 16, and at the same turnaround, at the age of 16, you could be charged as an adult, I think it was a whole game change. I think it's a number of factors, media, the, uh, the culture. Um, but I want to say media and peer pressure more than everything. And the fact that maybe we didn't get all the tools, that, and therefore we can't pass on what we weren't given. You know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying, but one, one thing that you said that 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 hit uh, uh hit sitting on my mind is, is that when you said that you didn't want to discipline your kids like your parents disciplined you. Now, when I was coming up, just like you, I had a my father was a strict one, my mother was a lenient one, but I didn't change what I was taught because I disciplined my daughter and my son a little differently than everybody else. Mine's is more like push-ups and, 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 and getting in a push-up position. And, and if it goes to another level, they do something that that equates them getting a beating, and they do get a beating indefinitely because I won't change what I was taught. And I think that's the difference because if these kids today, I, I've seen tons of, of, of social media pages and things like that where uh, parents have their kids getting their faces and, and having their kids strike them and, 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 and things of that nature. And, and if they got a rod, the rod prior to them getting of age, then I think that they wouldn't have, have struck their parents or disrespected their parents or, or went they did something that was out of the blue and, and, and outlandish. So... I think that the rod is needed in the, in the household, indefinitely. Because <clears throat> my son gets a little bit worse than my daughter. A little bit. Because he's a boy. And boys need male guys. Not only male guys, they also need this one because they don't have any. Then who knows what they'll be doing because I know that if I didn't get the discipline I needed when I was younger, I'd be locked up indefinitely. Like my father stepped in when he seen that I was going down the wrong path and came and kicked me one, kicked my behind, and two, sent me down to Florida and changed my life completely. 
So if my father wasn't there disciplining me the way he needed to discipline me, then I, per I, I personally know that I'd be locked up. And like one of the things that touched me when I was coming up and joined the military, and when I graduated from basic training, the first thing my father said, which still touches me today, is, son, I'm proud of you. So just to hear those words from him, and, and knowing how he taught me and knowing how the discipline he instilled in me to, to, to know right from wrong, uh, to, to have manners, to treat people how they needed to be treated. Those things, right? Those things right there that, that need to be instilled in kids today that they don't have now, that's what they need. They need that, that rod indefinitely. But I just don't feel like, you know, physical discipline doesn't have to be uh, a part of that regimen. But that's just my beliefs, just based on, I guess it was just the way I was raised. I wasn't just physically disciplined. I was actually <laughs> physically abused. <laughs> uh, my mom had severe mental health issues. Um, and it played out in her, I don't know how she disciplined her son. <clears throat> but with all that being said, but I do believe in all the other parts of the, the things you mentioned. Yeah, of course, you know, they need us. They need that structure. They need that foundation. They need those value systems. It, it's the first five years that are most important when rearing a mm -hmm. child. And if, yep. if, if something's broken within those first five years or if it ain't done right, it takes a whole nother five or more to correct that behavior, personality type, if ever. Sometimes it's just locked in. If you experience mm -hmm. trauma before the age of five, pretty much set in it's locked in and that can change your whole point of how you live your life if you had twins and they were put in two different households one experienced trauma before five the other one had a you know pretty hunky-dory normal life you'll find that the one that created the trauma will probably find themselves in domestic violence relationships find themselves in substance abuse relationships find themselves in a, in a caveat of different crimes they might have committed with a long-term prison sentences and twins mm -hmm. genetically the same you know what I'm saying no, yeah, you're but, right. But we zoomed way too far out. Let's pull it in. <laughs> but this, the thing is, media. Like my thing. Go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. But my thing is, is an, another thing that comes in, in, into my mind, another thing that comes into play is um, the media has a, a massive, massive, huge influence on these kids today. And and one of the things that always comes into play and always comes into my mind is that the the, the like the male, like they're feminizing these, these young men and it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous how, how, uh, how they're feminizing these young men and I don't understand it and or how it happened, but it's like one of the biggest trends that needs to be demolished. It doesn't even need, need to be broken. It needs to be demolished and eradicated because if it's not, man oh man, we're gonna have a major, major issue when it comes to repopulating because we ain't gonna have no men Men are going to be with men, period. That's, not, that's just how it's going, going to happen if if the feminization doesn't get eradicated. And, and I mean eradicated. I yeah. feel you on that. These skinny jeans, these tight blousy shirts, these person your lips and numerous fucking um, screenshots that you post on the Instagram and social media and all that. Your sissified ways. I mean, I don't have anything against homosexuals, trans... Um, those that are trans, anything to do with the LGBTQ, I'm a high supporter of that. My work is highly, True. highly um, coordinated with that population. Um, but I do have a problem with the fact that media is having such an influence. People say, oh, no, media has no influence. That's the way they were born. I promise you, I know a thousand people that weren't born that way, that were highly influenced by the culture of media and um, the people they were influenced by, such as peers. And it's sad. And what mm -hmm. it is, it, but it's scary, too, when they have these behaviors and it dips into them being experimental with other males who may not be protecting themselves. And then they dip them back and forth between the two populations of male and female, therefore increasing the STI uh, population. Mm -hmm. And, you know, black men are notorious for not getting treated for anything, much less an STI. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's not that I'll take an aspirin or I'll take a Benadryl or, oh, it burned a little bit, but I ain't really sweating it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I definitely understand that because I know that uh, 
I can one thing I can understand is like when it comes to like the health, the health in general when it comes to health and and and, and black men, majorly when it comes to black men and their health. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't like. I, I I'm I, I'm a, I'm one of the cases in point. Sometimes I just don't like going. And um, it's like hey, I'm, I'll be I right. I go take an aspirin or something like that, and I'll be good. And my wife gets on me and says, hey, you need to go and get a checkup and things like that, so you'll be healthy because if you ain't healthy. You can't go anywhere, and and if you and if you pass away, pass away, then your legacy and your lineage is gone. Right. So I can understand going going back and forth to, to to the hospital and getting checkups and things of that nature. I definitely understand that, but 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 that and, and 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 one thing I know it does it like it 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 bothers me it bothers me when I think about uh, the young men. When it comes to the the, the the feminization of them, and okay. and, and it's, 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 it's crazy because one thing one thing I did I put on one of my social media pages is um, young men when it comes to like the comedians these days, and I know you're gonna talk about this one on, on, on one of the other the uh, the cast, but I'm not gonna mention it. But mm-hmm. it's one of those like when it comes to comedians and dressing like females, don't understand right. that. Can't right. understand it. Don't understand it at all. Like you can be funny and not dress like a female. Right. Indefinitely. Right. One of those things you just don't understand. And when they do it, people automatically take it in and copy it. And, exactly. and, and make them and it's, it's it's a massive, massive echo that keeps going. And it needs to be stopped. Because if it's not stopped, it'll just keep on going and <laughs> It doesn't make any sense to me at all. And one of the other things that I see, a phenomenon I'm seeing in this generation in regard to the manomaniac phenomenon is like when I was coming up, the music was catered to, a lot of the music was catered, it was like two sides of the fence. One was all about black empowerment, pump your fists up, fight the power. On the flip side, it was, you know, NWA, EZE, um, Jay-Z, things like that, talking about the glorification of... um, being a drug dealer. So when I was coming up, rappers was talking mm-hmm. about dealing drugs. In this generation, rappers are talking about taking Do drugs. It's Do almost it. like it's like the generation fed to the other one. We're the dealers and now you're the users. So we the have little slurpy songs where I'm on as Annie and then I get hey. them panties. Ooh girl, I think I see your granny. You know, there's something like so they like and then it's the whole influence of the population in which Oh, where can I get Xanax pills? You'll be surprised mm-hmm. about the influx I have in my practice regarding young people who are um, addicted to mind-altering substances, where when I was that age, the most mind-altering substance we used was, I don't know, marijuana. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, smoking some weed. You are. Like, I never thought I would see a 20-year-old crackhead. I never thought I would see a 20-year-old opiate addict. You know what I'm saying? Now, out west, yeah, I would think, but not here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like when it comes to the songs, mm-hmm. like I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they were talking about how the media had um, had influences on how we came up. Now I, I I mentioned like so if the media had had did have an influence on me, but I didn't go down that path all the way because cash ruled everything around me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, right. and, 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 and it was money, there, money cash. Money, cash, and hoes is what it was about. There you go. Dun, dun, and, dun, and, dun. Oh, and, that was and, a beat right there. So that that like they were like so like if the generation this like this generation that's coming up right now is Percocet, Molly mm-hmm. Percocet. Like that's what they that this is what they pump music. This is what they pump all the time. I, like right, I hear it right, all the time. Right. It's ridiculous. Like so so. Ours was was completely different. We like like you said, like you said, we were the dealers, and now the dealers turned into the users. There you go. So I fully understand that, and 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 the 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 content of music needs to to switch. Like remember, um, what's that song? Self destruction. Remember that? Oh, of course I remember. Self destruction. Like so, I I I think that if there was a collaboration like that again it'd be great it'd be awesome because kids are probably like whoa wow you know they 
and collaborating together and trying to be positive, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that that needs to happen. I think celebrities hold need to start holding celebrities accountable for what they put out. Man. Yeah, good luck with that. When all the media companies are owned by... I'm not even going to go into specifics, but owned by people that have an agenda against us, it ain't going to happen. Absolutely. I understand that, too. Because one thing that, that being on, like, two, like people understand that when, when people are on both sides, we're on both sides of the spectrum, like working for the government and now not working for the government. You know, you see both sides of the spectrum. So right. I know. <laughs> Hold on. That when it comes to it, okay, I'm sorry. When it comes to that 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 side, I see that we can't. We have to do certain things mm-hmm. in certain areas of of certain populations of the world that they. You, you, you got to do what you're told, basically. Do what you're told, shut your mouth. That's what we're told. Do what you're told, shut your mouth. Yeah, now, that's right. that I'm not on active service, I don't have to answer nobody but myself and my wife, of course. There you go. But when it comes to that, I, I can open up my mouth. I can say what I need to say and have it clearly, clearly and abundantly heard by everybody because there's no excuse for it. So, like uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a guy that was um, my squad leader when I was on active service. And he wanted to get really, really disrespectful about a conversation we were having about mm-hmm. the conversation we're having right now when it comes to kids. And he said, Kid, no, the media doesn't have an uh, influence on kids right now. Their parents put their foot in their ass then then uh, they would have had that problem. I'm like, no, that's true and not true. Because I know what we do when we go to other countries. I know that. Civilians may not know, but I do. And I know that we're told to do certain things that are pretty immoral on this topic. Pretty, pretty immoral somebody would look at it kind of strange if they were told to do something like that. But now that I'm on the other side of it, and I can tell you, fuck off, then you get to say how you feel, because now I'm talking to you as a man, and not as a fucking star first class. It's different. So, he got all huffy and puffy, talking about all you don't you watch you talk to them like no, no. That's not gonna happen. Not in this conversation. Because right now you just date. You ain't star first class. So and so. Your name is David. Right. That's your name. So I'ma come at you just like that. And if you don't like it, you can voice that you don't like it. But I'm not gonna change my tone because of how I feel about it. Indeed, indeed. Hold that thought, Mr. Van. Let's get a caller from Delaware. Caller from Delaware, what is your perspective regarding manomaniacs, this day and time that we find ourselves regarding men and how it differs from previous generations? How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm Meyer from Delaware. Yes, sir. And um, <clears throat> I, thank you for having this conversation. Uh, it's a really good conversation I think that needs to be had. Um, across the country at this point when every black man needs to hear it. Um, I, I totally agree with just about everything that y'all are saying. Um, I think, but one thing that we do need to, uh, that w- needs to be pointed out what, what, I, what the generations that are coming after us is, I think, I was talking about this with my wife earlier about the, uh, just, about just having it in past when we were talking this morning. And I said, you know, the generations like from the millennials on after you know after that these generations as far as just generations period whether they be black or any other cultures the cultures are merging together all right um 
like in the 80s, you know, with music and everything, we, we saw the separation where it wasn't that many white rappers. It wasn't that many black country stars or pop stars. Everything was still kind of separated. But now you see all kind of like different cultures inside of hip hop. And it's funny how like even, even when you look at it, you see um, you see how, you know, if you're well traveled, how like the European style of like basketball has come into the into the NBA. It, it seems like everything is just like coming together, but it doesn't seem like our presence as black people it, it is at the forefront anymore as far as physically anymore, you know, and, you know, we got a lot of people who are saying that we're doing a lot of work and and we're doing a lot of different things, but it seems like in order for us to come up, something major has to be sold. So it, it causes people with weird agendas to give give like the black church, and I'm a church guy, you know, and I, but I'm, I'm, I'm just confident enough to say this, the black church and other entities, nonprofits, money to, for their agendas, and next thing you know, like we're kind of selling out to do different things. And then it, and I think it sends a crazy message to our children and mm -hmm. they start figuring out where different things are coming from. Because I mean, kids today are smart. They get on these iPhones or whatever right. and they can find, they'll, they'll trace where the, where money's coming from. They're like, well, well, you know, well, the black church ain't nothing because they get money from a white wing place that's talking about this and killing people and doing that. And before you know it, it puts the church on trial. Or put you know another another nonprofit on trial or another religion on trial like and 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 most of the time you're just trying to do what you can for the community, but um, like I was but just to go back to the uh, to the first point I made about well first point I was talking about about how everything is coming together, where you know our black voice isn't the the voice at the forefront anymore like you know with the with the the civil rights movements and different movements like. Um, Civil rights was kind of even kind of blurred a little bit because it wasn't about black rights. It was about more civil rights. And when you say the word civil, it, it, it goes down to, you know, sex, gender, all those different things. And, you know, being black is just one of those things, you know. So it's, it's, so now it's like, well, you know, we got all these different movements just for black people. We're trying to get our rights back and we're, and we're steady, steady getting hit and steady getting hit and steady getting hit where the black men in the culture... I feel like don't feel don't feel like they're strong enough to handle all these like every all the other rights that are you know the women's rights movement but right. it's not about black women you know right. um the feminist movement they'll put they'll give you two or three black faces but they're not they're not regular people they're not like mm -hmm. my wife that goes to work every day or, or you know some of y'all wives or you know they're not regular people they're they're like rich people so it's like you get these class roles, gender roles, and all this different stuff. And basically, these, gen these, these generations after us, what it's showing is how the generations before, the, the things that they kept on quiet, it's in our face now. So we're starting to see what used to happen behind closed doors. There you go. That is an excellent, and it's right in, excellent and it, perspective. And it's right in our face now. That's right. You were right on it. You, you brought some things that I didn't even think about <clears throat> to the forefront that I definitely need to find some more information about and get, you know, get more informed. That's a very informative perspective. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. All right, man. That was that was very inspiring. It's almost like we we scheduled him to come on. <laughs> that was right on time. I like that one. That was good. Dude, I, I, I want to take his information down and make him a feature guest in some future episodes. <laughs> here's the thing, and here's the here's the kicker: is um, that young man is a, is a very close, very close to me, very close. Okay, okay, okay. Well, he's right on time. Thank you, thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But I really do believe that if um, if we if 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 we had the men like I don't know if if, if the, the mentorship if, if I don't even know how and or why how to find them or something like that. But the mentorship is what's needed because if 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 we had mentorships and going to the schools and and and. And sitting down with these young these young men and these young ladies and having mm -hmm. in depth conversations with them when it comes to, to, to coming up as a person of color. We're not talking about um, we're talking black, Spanish, coming up as a person of color. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it takes a person with a strong sense of self and, and, and fortitude to come up as a person of color. Yeah. Because it's 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 hard. It's extremely hard because we have to do more 
to be recognized. Right. But even we more have, than that, but even more so, than that, black yeah. men need to look for mentors. I find that black men seem to isolate themselves and withdraw from, you know, looking for, you know, elders or for for leadership, for guidance. It's almost as if it's, it's cut off. And I think a lot of times, maybe not in your situation, but definitely in mine, is that we didn't have maybe a, a father who brought us up. Like, you know, my parents divorced when I was relatively young, didn't have a lot of interaction with my father. So I don't even know how to relate to an older male Though I know in my life, in my mind, I know I need the leadership of an older male. Now my relationship with my father's improved, but even still in that, I'm not, something's blocking me from being able to reach out and be like, hey, can, can we talk about da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a, it's a pride thing, and it's almost like we're cutting ourselves off from, from our, maybe our cultural inferences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, can I it, say something here? Yes, sir. It's definitely a pride thing. It's a pride thing because, um, I've, I've had conversations with my wife about this, but she, she knows that my like since I my mindset is always in, ingrained in the military, it's embedded in me because mm-hmm. I did so much. I did so much time, and it was it was every single day for twelve years of my life. So it's in, ingrained in my in, in my my personality. So right. so when it came to so having conversations with, with, with individuals who knew more than me or, or, or had a, a better understanding of something than myself, it, 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 it's extremely prideful, very prideful, because I didn't have God like when it comes to like being out here, when it came to being out here, like right, right now where I'm at currently, um, I don't have a lot of male friends because I don't have in-depth conversations with people because some people don't understand my perspective and they get upset of how I speak or how I talk. They think I'm aggressive. So I don't know how to change that or tweak it to, to, to make somebody feel better. But my wife has, has, has told me I've calmed down a little bit, but it's still a little bit overbearing when it comes to somebody who doesn't understand that I come from a military background. So you got to understand how he speaks because he's a military guy. Right. So The caller, the caller <laughs> wanted to say something. He had a point he wanted to make. Y- yes, um, like what you're talking about mentorship. Um, I have two points since uh, two, just two things because this is a great conversation. This is so good. Uh, yeah, well, when it comes to mentorship, I think there are a lot of black black um, people. Like I'm a part of a mentoring group. Uh, one of my friends, he like did a, a lot of hard work, and he, you know, and he went through the school system and, and became a ment and got a mentoring crew together or whatever and got a nonprofit together. It's not hard to do, but you just got to do the work. And, and a lot of times it's like, we got to spend the time learning stuff. And I think, you know, you know, um, black mentors need to teach other mentors how to do exactly what they're doing and not worry about the competition of it. That's not, that's one thing. But um, when it comes to mentor, um, um, uh, asking for mentors or finding a mentor, connecting with somebody, you can connect with somebody that can become your mentor. But the thing, I think, um, I, the second thing other than pride is we look for our mentors to be perfect. I really do believe that. Um, and what we got to realize is that because you're being mentored doesn't mean that these people are perfect people. Doesn't mean that these people don't have a past. Doesn't mean that these people haven't done bad things, haven't done immoral things, unethical things. They have been. That's, that's why they're able to tell you not where to step at because of the hole there, because they have stepped inside of there and, and, and they fell into that hole. You know, so a, a, a lot of times, you know, with, with this generation, they they will dig into your past and let you know where you've been immoral or, or, or unethical. And they'll try, and, and just look at the world, what the world is doing to a lot of men right now. They're going into a lot of people's past. And I'm, I'm not saying that these men weren't wrong. I'm not saying what they did is true. I'm just saying the, the alleged works of what we're seeing going on now. You know, these guys aren't perfect. And, and the world is taking taking legacy away from good people who have done great things over mm-hmm. a mistake. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so even I, when I even that. Yeah, so even when it comes to mentorship, we get you know, I'm not saying that, you know, every mentor is is is, is bad, but I'm just I, I just wanna say everybody's not so perfect. You know, and, and to your point about, you know, um how aggressive you are, I think I think that's one of the problems this is just personal. This ain't I'm not trying to be politically correct or nothing like that, but I feel like we need more aggressive men at this point. 
especially with, with, with where we're at in today's time. I mean, my granddaddy was aggressive. You know, he's he a southern guy. He was a plumber. He worked hard. So it wasn't too many times where he wasn't aggressive. You know what I'm saying? And um, even when it comes to me, sometimes I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm really aggressive because it's it's, the, it's what you're passionate about. Whatever you're passionate about, you become aggressive about. Whether it's it's how you talk or whether it's how how hard you move. Because I mean, when when political figures want something done, they aggressively move. Like when President Obama wanted something done, he aggressively moved. When we like right now in today's politics, Donald Trump, when he wants something done, he aggressively moves a certain kind of direction. So it's, I don't think it's anything wrong with with black men being aggressive. It's just, the problem is that the problem is that that um, I hate to sound like a like a like like so so super pro black, but I'm not racist or prejudiced. But the problem is, Carter says a, a aggressive black man is a scary black man, and he, and he needs to die. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what Carter says. And it has nothing even to do with you being in the military. Even if you weren't in the military and you were aggressive, you know, they would say, well, he's an aggressive black man, so he's scared. He's, he's a scary man. Mm-hmm. And you could be telling 100% truth, but because you're aggressive and you're black, people are automatically scared of you. And, the, and what makes what adds insult to injury is black people will, will, even, will even feel like you're scary and you're one of us. So that's those are my two. Sorry about that. Being so long. That, and what's even crazier than that, the same statement can be said by a white man, yes black sir, man, and we're gonna interpret it totally different. Just based totally on it's different. almost like we are, the color of our skin itself is aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Is aggr- It is. I mean, look, look what happened with H and M this week. You know, yeah. and 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 I was watching something on Facebook about how um, how kids thought, and it was funny that anything dark. Was was deemed as negative, and anything white was deemed as pure. Look at the whole Dove commercial. You know, when, when they had a black person, a dark person in Dove. Once they got washed with Dove, they turned white. Yeah. And they automatically feel like white skin is positive, and dark skin is dirty, is demeaning, it's black, it's negative. Yep. One hundred percent right. Black is and the most to... beautiful color that could ever be. That's the only thing ever. I rock is black. One. <laughs> Even when they have all white parties, I've never been to an all white party because I just can't stand the thought of wearing all white and jacking up my my outfit. <laughs> yeah, I like listen. I got some fresh, I got some fresh white sneakers here, and I don't like messing them up at all. Dude, I, I I rarely ever buy white sneakers. I always try to go black or gray. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, we need to re reframe how we think about it. And what it is is like us as black people are is so t- culturally ingrained in us that we believe the hype. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Remember the brown? Y'all probably don't remember this, but the brown paper bag test. My mama used to tell me about that shit all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> she came from Jim Crow era. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, not really. Now, she was more civil rights, but she knew of the Jim Crow area because of her mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, and to preview of what you said about when it comes to tarnishing uh, African Americans, I personally think that the, the, that whole coin is jacked up because when it came to like for instance when it came to Bill Cosby I personally think that they wanted to destroy his legacy when it comes to Obama I think his like I think Donald Trump wants to destroy his legacy why because he's a black man I mean that's my personal opinion I want I think they want to bring down every single individual who was an influence at all that of color I think they want to destroy their legacy so they are not remembered. So they don't remember that that black president. Oh, that they don't remember that Bill Cosby has put almost 11,000 young black men and women through college. They don't want to. They don't want you to remember any of that. They just want you to remember this state that was accused of this. And, and that then, is nothing. And that is nothing but media because remember yes. they pulled all the syndicated shows of the Cosby show off the air. CK Lewis the air. got pulled got got accused of the same types of things, but actually there was more proof on CK Lewis. All of his TV shows are still on the air. Now of course it's on Not Netflix, but it doesn't him. matter, you know what I'm saying? Not just him. It was that guy's name, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Ooh, Sheen. Charlie Sheen infected purposely infected out of his own mouth. There you go. I ain't even got to speak on it. <laughs> and all of his shows were still on television and still in the midst of while Dr. Cosby was still going through all of that media mess. 
Well, here's the, can I tell you this? The hardest thing to, to realize about all this stuff, about all these men, this stuff ain't even been proven. It's a legend. Accused. It's a legend. Yes. They're all alleged. Accusations. It's a legend. All accusations. Right. So my thing is, like, what happened to, um, what, what happened What happened to um, due process of the law? You know, why, why is it all of a sudden, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to be, you know, um, uh, what is the word? Show, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic or anything, but the whole thing about it is, yo, man, when has something alleged, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. You know, anytime a black person gets, gets, gets a, some alleged, it's all automatically true. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, guilty. And Michelle, guilty that's in Michelle right there. There you go. You intend to approve it? And what, that lady was 80-something years old and said, Oh, he didn't whistle at me. I just said that. Now, why they put her old crinkle ass up in jail for lying and getting that boy killed? You know what I'm saying? Yep. And the kill. Pretty much. Unbelievable. Always, it's always that, that's always that double-sided coin. That double, and, and, and I'm not trying to say that con and, and when it comes to the accusations, when it comes to things like that, I'm not condoning any sort of somebody being uh, sexually assaulted, uh, sexually abused, or anything of the nature. But my thing is, is since I'm going to school to study the law, I always put in my mind, what is the statute of limitations? Mm -hmm. Statute of limitations is five years. You bring this up 15, 20, 30 years later, I don't understand. That's something I don't understand. I don't understand is you can say whatever you want to say with your mouth and there's no evidence to support it, yet those people are still getting hemmed up. I can say right now that Donald Trump pumped me in my f when I was 14 years old. Does that make it true? Okay. Absolutely. But I can say it and nothing to happen. Um, but if somebody said that about me doing it to them, bam, I'm hemmed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, look what happened to Terry Crews. Look what happened to Terry Crews. A man sexually actually assaulted him and Terry Crews was like demonized for a little bit. Yes. Yes. Because Terry Crews was, was sexually assaulted by one of the uh, the white um, movie casters of some sort. I don't know what his name, but he he, he he put this on blast. And everybody wanted to say, oh, Terry Crews should just suck it up. And I'm like, really, bro? And not only that, you don't even really hear Terry Crews' name no more. At one time, he was on every, he was everywhere. You couldn't help but see him. I don't see him so much anymore. Is he blackball? Yeah, he I wonder. Those, uh, and why am I even using the word blackball? That doesn't seem appropriate. Those um, <laughs> what is it? Um, Old Spice commercials. He was the face of Old Spice. I haven't seen those commercials in a while. Always a double-sided coin. Gotta love it. Like the, with shows like this, I always like to figure out what can we do to impact a positive change. Um, Carla from Delaware indicated that we should um, commit to mentorship and connect with people, that there are organizations probably in our local areas that we just need to really get out there and find in order to connect with and not only mentor, but to be mentees. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Because I know that there's an organization, uh, not in South Carolina, there was one in North Carolina called 100 Black Men. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a bunch of, just more than 100 Black Men, but that's how they started. And right. they do mentorships for entrepreneurs, they do mentorships for kids. Mm -hmm. And I've been getting emails from them frequently. Not only that, I'm also involved when it comes to like going to the, to, to the masonry, you know what I'm saying? I, I deal with Freemasons. Not mm -hmm. one. I do deal with the Freemasons, and I love dealing with them brothers because they're Prince Paul Freemasons. Prince Paul Freemasons are all minorities, so they do mentorships, and they also go out in the community and help out. Um, vowed to myself that this year I was going to go and sign up for 100 Black Men so I can get involved because I am secluded here in Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, am I. But I also have conversations with my nephews. I got a bunch of nephews that their fathers is always around, but I call my nephews and talk to them frequently and tell them to get on the ball and make sure you stay straight and things of that nature. But just to introduce everybody, you know, the, the, the caller is a family member of mine. is my cousin. And I love him to death because he's an intelligent brother. Yes, uh, yes. Can't get beyond that. Yeah. 
I have a nonprofit called I'm Roots and Wings of PC in uh, Roxborough, North Carolina. Um, and we have our mentorship program and parenting classes as well as a reading um, a reading program. Um, and we're actually um, collecting funds for that right now to get more funding to have that reading um, program expand to another elementary school. We find that the benefits of the program is curbing negative behaviors in the school system. So that's a good thing. That was the whole point of starting that program. We found that students that um, suffered academically were more likely to act out, but connected with a mentor that read to them and, you know, for they could get a better comprehension of the stories that were being read or read along with their mentors. We just see a marvelous upswing in regards of education, attainment, and a great deduction in behaviors. And um, the mentor program isn't as strong as it was once in the past. It's like people are more isolated and in some ways egocentric. They don't seem to be reaching out as more. We made multiple efforts to get the community involved, but it just seems like people, that mentoring isn't on the forefront. But what I do find, disturbingly so, I might say, that in a population, this is Person County, Roxborough, North Carolina, that is about 60% African-American, 35% white, 5% other, that only I, I only mainly see white mentors for black mentees. That's a problem. Problem. That's a problem. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem because that's, that's, they need that's to, a big problem. To, to visually see the image of themselves. Because mm-hmm. they have to see themselves. They can't see somebody who is, 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 no offense, Caucasian. They can't see a Caucasian individual because then you get that Caucasian mindset. Oh, I'm no brother. You was a brother. God you will always be a brother. Right. Yeah, and you can't get that mindset because if you if you get that mindset and you come across the wrong Caucasian individual, they will put you in your place, and you ain't in that place. But they're gonna sit there and cuss you out, or or, or or demean you, or call you this and call you that, and and, and it's it's extremely it, it's mind blowing because some people haven't came or come across uh, racial bias. So. I don't know how. Yeah, it, like I don't understand how people haven't like uh, somebody who is, is, is of color hasn't, hasn't come across racial bias, but but somebody who has a, a when they saw it, maybe mentee, it wasn't you know what I'm saying they just didn't know it when they saw it. That yeah, some people are oblivious to it. I can I, I know I personally know so many African American, Spanish, and brown. Entrepreneurs, I know tons of them, and I know that I, some of them need to be, be reached out to to become mentors because their, their their vision of what they've done and what they they plan to do is is, is awesome. So they they need to come out here and have conversations with these kids and show them that that you, just like you, I made it, or I'm you, and you can be me. You know, I'm, can I, can I just say this though? Um, Y'all bring up a great point about the mentorship, and that 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 um those stats are really uh, they're really compelling, and you know just just um they make you think because um there are a lot of mentorship programs, and I think a lot of the mentors like like if I was if I was in North Carolina in your in your area, not only would I be a mentor in your mentoring group, but I I gotta make sure I'm inside the school systems mentoring. Uh, situations too, because um, they have they have these. Uh, I forgot what it's called because I used to be one like a mentor for America, some mentorship. I don't. I forgot what it's called, but the school system actually has mentorship groups, and they they push certain kids that don't have father figures or whatever into those into those um, those those groups or whatever, or their parents put them in them to help them out. And it's up to us to, to reach out to the school and say, look, this is who I am. Go get the background check. Do the, Spend the $60 to get the background check or however much it costs in your state to do that work so you can be effective and make change inside of the school system. Because, like, if, we don't, if we're not inside of the school system with our children, they're going to be able to teach our children whatever they want. And they're going to always see, like you said, that Caucasian male with that black, with that black boy. And, and it's not going to make sense for him because I, I'm sorry, a Caucasian man can't teach a black male how to be a black male in America or in the world, period. Because they let's let's not front and act like it's not such thing as um, white supremacy. 
they have a different they have a different they have different rules that they live by. Like it's certain things a white man can do when a cop comes to his car that a black man can never do. Absolutely, that's very true. But that but that black boy, I take everything that white man says. Well, he's like, well, this is what the law says. Yeah, but that that ain't what the black law says. So, yeah. so as a black so as a black male, you know, I mean, as, as a black man, we need to take um, take the initiative and responsibility to even work in the work in the school system. And if we can't because we we have charges, like some some of my friends have charges or whatever, but there's there are other ways that they can mentor people it's like i feel like anything that you want to do you'll find a way to do it whether it be through a football program a basketball program uh whether it be whether it be through um in your church in your mosque whatever your religion like it's up to us because it's always going to be single mothers let's just be let's let's cut dry it's always single mothers out here and if you were if you were a a real man you know you'll you'll deal with these you'll you'll be able to mentor a child without trying to deal with their mama and, and just be a true mentor to, to that black boy because you want to see him go far you want to see him get through high get through high school go, uh, go to trade school or go to college get get a degree get a trade work and be able to do it again and the the and the reason why you know like um i forgot the other brother's name but from the, the um, brother from north carolina when he gave that stat he said um he he always sees it he sees um um caucasian men is because black black people have this have this weird um, sense that all we need to do is take care of our family, but we forgot there's a whole community. We are all family. Like we forgot what we used to be. Like my granddad used to tell me how in, in down South Carolina, like yo, they were all family members. It didn't care, it didn't matter who you, what your last name was, who, who your daddy was, who your mama was. They were all family because ain't nobody had nothing. But now, but but now we I got a little bit of this and you got a little bit of that. We 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 cast out those who don't have as much as us. And we got to remember we got to lift and climb together. Yep, that's true, right there. What you just said, lift and climb. You got to lift people up because you can't leave people behind because there's always that young brother that's sitting there looking and thinking, what am I going to do? And the only thing you need to do is turn around and grab it. And this- we, we have, I feel, um, this is my last thing, uh, to that point. I feel like we have, what we have done is put not only do we have to deal with racism from the world, but we got to deal with classism inside of our own race. Yep, that's true. That is true. That is very, 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 that is all too true because when it comes to that whole um, lighter than, darker than, better than, oh, I make more money than you so I can do this, or it's, it's absolutely ridiculous ridiculous when it comes to, to, to the racism within our race. <clears throat> that right there is one of the things that, that 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 makes it really hard for somebody to come back and try and help someone when when I'm trying to help you but you you have you have this this stigma in your mind that I think I'm better than you. I'm trying to come help you and show you something but don't get it misunderstood as to where I'm, I'm, I'm conversating with you trying to help you understand this frame of thinking don't take it as me oh he think he better than me because that's that's the automatic thing that pops into a joker's mind when somebody is at a different stage in their life than someone else is he think he better than me that's the automatic that's that's automatic when it comes to their mind he think he better than me he think he he can do this or he think he can do that. No, brother, no, sister. I'm trying to show you a different way of thinking so you can be better. Not I'm better. Out of excellent points brought to the table today. Thank you for our special guest that called in, Mr. Vance Cousin. <laughs> a number fan, baby. <laughs> yeah. And that concludes another episode of Black Man's Perspective with Mr. Van and Mr. Blue. And sorry, sir, I didn't get your name. All I know is that you're from Delaware. My name is Emire. Emire. All right, Mr. Emire. We haven't defined what date the podcast comes out, but this one comes out. But it will start coming out. We haven't decided on a recording date. This is just our pilot episode to get a feel of how it's going to work. And I'm I'm feeling really positive about this new podcast show. Yeah. 
black I man perspective. You know what I'm saying? And um, if yeah. you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdowns podcast, which features hit shows such as He Says, She Said, Black Man's Perspective, 360 Degrees, and Politrix. And that's on all podcast apps. Tune in, Amazon, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, etc., etc. All right. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Urban Breakdown with hit show, Black Man's Perspective. Yeah. Replaced his wrong. Replaced his wrong. Replaced his wrong. Since my father's gone. Since my father's gone. I guess you're here to replace his wrong. I guess you're here to replace his wrong. I hated you from the start. I hated you. Just couldn't trust you. Just couldn't. But I have to accept you because my mother loves you. I see you every day making other women smile. Other women smile. Even men too. But I guess my mother knew you were bisexual. I wish you knew the pain she goes through. And so that I go through when she doesn't have you. Wishing she could grab you. Wishing she could grab you. Pushing me away because the pain is too much to bear. Man, I wish my father was here. Cause this just isn't fair. This just isn't fair. Now here you come knocking at the door, home to give her more of your so-called love, your so-called happiness, and your so-called trust. It feels good to see her smile, though. I have to admit. I have to admit. Pray to God to see that day when we get over this shit. Each time you leave, the hurt gets worse. It's like a curse. When I see her shake and make me call her out of work, one too many times, and now her job is gone. It's evident you're controlling her mind because every last dime she spends it on you i want to eat but can't because every food stamp she spent it on you the lights are out because the voucher she traded for you traded for you i hate you I hate you. You don't respect her, you and you don't respect, don't respect me. You're the reason why my mother neglects me. The reason why I'm crying for help, but she can't hear me. The reason why I just don't care, and society fears me. We was fine before you. We loved life before you. Life before you, and she gave it all up for you. You. I want to destroy you because you make my mother deny my me deny and not just mine, and not just but ruin families ruin family. after destroying my life destroying and killing my, my love. And killing my life. I don't even know your name. Even know your what, name. Is it? what is it? My name is Drugs. Can I know you?
Just who am I? Is the question that flexes your mind. You have many questions about me. Time will reveal everything about me to you. There should be no confusion, misguidance, misdirection. But honestly, I only have one question. One question. Can I know you? Can I get to know you? Can I know everything about you? This is a black man's perspective. Perspectives from black men. This is our perspective. The Breakdown. Breakdown is a fusion between live hosts, conducting interviews, having discussions, pre-records, music, poetry, and as always, well-researched topics, opinions, and perspectives broken down into various segments indicated by a hashtag of some sort. Each show will vary on what segments are broadcasted as well as segment length. These eclectic hosts are breaking down what the news media and other outlets try to confuse you with therefore impacting you in ways that will be broken down in these eclectic broadcasts. The focal point of the show are the hosts who bring forth a varied and eclectic approach to the podcast circuit. The hosts are Mercer Prescott, Ofede Okwe, Ricard Charles, and F. Christopher Blue, as well as featured co-hosts depending on current news and media. Current shows of The Breakdown are The Breakdown, Politrics, and The Breakdown, 360 Degrees. Other shows in pre-production are The Breakdown, He Says, She Said, and The Breakdown, Interview 180. You can participate in the pre-record sessions, which will later be edited and then uploaded to iTunes, Google Play, and various other podcast host servers by dialing the following number and access code. 712-775-7031 Access code 197-207-488 I repeat, call in at 712-775-7031 Access code 197-207-488 And listen out for the updates very social media 
in regards to when these pre-records will be scheduled. And that is the breakdown. Break it down. Breaking it all the way down. <laughs> 